1: Hi everybody, Russ and my hammers eleven. Hope you are all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so You may not have any time to put new content on. Um, particularly as we've got loads of new stuff coming up. We've obviously got the game shows for the the charity game shows, which run out this week. We've got the last one this week of the current series and we've got a new series starting soon, hopefully. So make sure you hit the bell icon so you're made of any time that all comes out. Um, Loads of good guests, loads of great fun. We're going to have the next couple of weeks, that's for sure, Uh, including today's guest. Another one from across the pond, from our lovely American Hammers Networks, all friends of the show. It's John Nolan. Hi, John. How are you doing, man?
0: Not too bad, Russ. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. And uh, good to see you.
1: Yeah, absolute pleasure. For, you know, just to hide behind, sort of reveal the fourth wall. It's taken me and John probably about two, three months to get this, <laughs> to get this. But you know, good things to come to those that wait, wait, don't they, John. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. It's just uh, we're both busy people, aren't we? We're busy
0: people. Yeah, life gets in the way, doesn't it?
1: He does. It's in the, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, that life gets in the way of talking about West Ham. But um, yeah, we can't. There's not much we can do about it. But how are you? How's how's things been the last few months? All the stuff that's got on with the world and
0: stuff over there yeah it's it's madness i mean for for those that don't know me i'm I'm in the philadelphia area which is was one of the probably worst hit parts of the country here up up between new york city and philadelphia was all all pretty bad so it was, it was just kind of surreal to be honest and the whole thing was surreal we've got like a testing center opened up within weeks about a mile or two from my house everybody's walking around like in those et costumes you know yeah. Fully suited with the medical stuff and oxygen supplies. So, um, been lucky to be able to avoid anything really, anything really bad. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for that. But it's just a very strange time to be alive. And uh, of course, the Premier League just you know stopped and then restarted. And uh, you know we're we're, we're going to be some of the only people to ever witness something like that in their lifetime. Yeah. I think the whole thing was just very odd.
1: Yeah, very very odd. Um but it was I think it was really important that that we that the, that the season got finished more than anything last season um because obviously it seemed to sort of I don't know about about, about over there but particularly in the UK when the football came back on it just seemed to energise everyone a little bit it, it, you know a little bit of normality a little bit something new to moan about rather than the r rate or whatever it is at the moment yeah. you know it was just a bit different um you know and obviously for the first game west ham fans probably sh- wished it wasn't um it, it hadn't come back um as is the way of west ham but you know the boys did well though you know and then we, you know he kept it it's a bit squeaky bum time but uh you know that you know we could be safe with like a game to go it was really really sort of bizarre for west ham we could kick back at that villa game and just sort of laugh at everyone else's yeah. <laughs> predicaments apart from us but um <clears throat> but I suppose it's the same with the states obviously you know with the nba and stuff like that you know they obviously they had to had to get all the games in and uh had to put them in that bubble in wherever it was in in florida and uh it just makes everything a bit easier when there's some live sport on isn't there
0: yeah, I think, uh, and it's still it's still going that way. I mean, I know now they've got uh, college football, college American football, some of that is coming back. Um, some of the leagues opted out. Now they're now they're opting back in. And uh, I was really skeptical of the Premier League coming back, but they seem to have handled it pretty well. There doesn't yeah. seem to be a whole lot of, um, you know, teams really missing star players and stuff like that, that that we thought there could have been. So, I mean, as long as people are being responsible, it looks as if, looks as if it's going fairly well the, the only problem i have is you know you're talking three four months ago now where people frontline workers and healthcare workers weren't able to get tests but multi-millionaire sports stars were but you know i mean they're, they're, they're probably also pumping a lot of money into the economy yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a balance in it i mean like yeah. anything
1: it is it is and it's quite it's quite interesting because obviously um amazon obviously do their all or nothing shows which i loved i used to love the when they do the the nfl ones i thought it was fantastic every season and obviously they've done top the tottenham one haven't they and um, that's been released and the latest episodes have just been dropped with the everything around covid and it's really interesting to see how they you know because it started off like no one really knew what was going on and Oh, this thing's coming up, and we're not too sure what's going on. Yeah. Obviously, we know we know the story. You know, it's very similar to all or nothing. You know, you know, you know which team has won the Super Bowl, so you know these these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, and it's the same thing. And uh, and just seeing like how they responded, it was really interesting. Um, I've because... got to catch up. I think I'm on like
0: episode five of that, but yeah. um. It, it is. It is interesting, and God, um, I never thought I'd like Mourinho, but he comes across pretty well, <laughs> he does, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. He really, really does, and <laughs> and it was quite funny. It always made me laugh. That sort of first image when he he walks to the door, and I think he's zooming in Harry Kane, and he just has this fear of dread on his face, <laughs> and it's like, but yeah, but no, he does come across very well, I think, and um, and it's quite interesting as well, you know. <laughs> and it also, I just think what what like a. What a wet wipe Deli Alley is. He's such he's such a wet wipe. You know, literally, yeah. they have like this conversation for about two minutes about toothpaste. And I'm <laughs> thinking I'm there going, oh, Really? He's it's like, you know, there, he's not, <laughs> not much there. And I mean, end of the day, we all know that Deli Ellie now puts water on his toothbrush, then puts the toothpaste on, and then puts water on again. Well done. Well done, Amazon. That's really, really useful stuff. Thank you very much. But yeah exactly well, next. We'll find out
0: which way he puts the toilet roll around next episode
1: <laughs> yeah and is, does he crunch it or does he sort of wrap it <laughs> are you a cruncher or a rapper john that's the question
0: oh i wrap first and then crunch i, I don't know let's keep it interesting mental. you are mental
1: <laughs> you are living la vida loca um, <laughs> but i mean obviously in in the states obviously you know you, you're used to having sort of all the premier league on yeah, every game and and now obviously we we're, we're getting it in the moment it's really yeah. fucking up my life at the moment because it's like you know bloody next week it's seven o'clock on a sunday it's like what is going on you know what i mean and particularly for you guys as well you know all over the place particularly the saturday games saturday games probably not so bad for you actually because you know five hours behind and it's almost like a three o'clock kickoff
0: it's, honestly it's great because at least with a with a traditional three o'clock that's 10 in the morning here yeah So it's better for my health because I'm trying not to go down the pub at 10 in the morning and I still have the rest of the day to do stuff. But now I don't know how the West Coast guys do. I don't know how we we had one uh, American hammer out in Hawaii as well. And what are they? They're like seven, eight hours by. I don't know how they do it. I mean, some of their stuff is like four in the morning. But Mm -hmm. and that's that's, you know, you're questioning whether or not to go to bed and and get back up or just stay up from the night before when it goes to those hours. So but on the East Coast, it ain't too bad
1: no and then obviously you know what what i really like is obviously i've interviewed lots of the american hammers guys and you know you've all got your own pubs and stuff in in your in your towns and and obviously the philly pub and stuff like that and it's just great it's it's something which i think is really that's why i quite don't like doing doing this channel it's opening up all these sort of things which people never even thought about you know and it's like i mean myself you know i I spent a lot of time in the particularly was it yeah about last year on the east coast and so um New Jersey I was based in New Jersey but like bless bless it um, Elizabeth in New Jersey lovely lovely place oh, no, not well, yeah. yeah lovely place not um and uh and yeah you do you know unfortunately, I if I was doing this series then it'd been great because like some nights I was there twiddling my thumbs I let like, pat my Xbox and was playing FIFA. I could have gone and gone upstate and seen David, or, or or come down to see you. I mean, I was I was in Philly almost like every other day, and so um, it's bloody annoying. So I could have had some really good drink <laughs> ups, but hey, but that's what I love about this. You've all got your little pocket of of fans based on sort of where you're from, but you've got this amazing Hammers network, and it's just really, really, really good. And obviously, you did the, you had the, um, you had the quiz, didn't you? You Did well the quiz, didn't you? With the yeah. old. Uh, you won, you won the quiz, uh, didn't
0: you? I won the hammer shots, yeah. I still don't know how, because Tom is very knowledgeable. Yeah, but Especially Tom's for his sh- age as well, I've yeah, got to tell Tom, you.
1: Yeah, Tom is shit, though, because it's like, when we had, I had Tom on the game show, and he'd be watching this because you are on it, and he was shit, you know. He just, like, it was, like, bloody, you know, I had to explain the game, and, oh, dear. <laughs> I, th- I, think after, I think after you'd beaten him, John, I think he sort of, like, powers had drained out of his body, and he was just... He was just rubbish. You know, I think he barely got a point on the. It wasn't like his. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like an Adam quiz. It was more sort of fun, but still, he didn't manage to, to do it. But um, no, good fun. And uh, yeah, I'm obviously, you know, I'm I, like in a really random twist of like serendipitous fate, I used to go to school with Adam. Oh, and uh, yeah and so there he's in dallas and i'm over yeah. it I loves to yeah he was it was year below me so um oh i love it and it's just one of these weird nuances and it must be the same with you when you sort of go to another go to somewhere else in the world or someone else in the in the us for example and you know people already in that you in in that area because of the west ham hammers network it must be
0: lovely you yeah I've, I've um well i've only been doing stuff on the on the show there probably about a year yeah so yeah. um it's always been a part of my life that, that I think was missing because West Ham was so meant so much to me, it still does. Meant so much to me when I'm, you know, back home and just you know, just you, you can go anywhere in England and talk to anybody about football. And that, that was always a piece of my life that was missing over here. Because mm-hmm. you can't walk into any American pub or bar and, and start talking about West Ham and expect that the other person knows what you're talking about. So yeah. like that was really what, what drove me into starting to to get on with these guys and, you know, having a show, Friday Night Likes, um, and, and just jumping in and, and and just talking about West Ham. It's like my version of going to the pub is now yeah. online. So I'll sit back, have a beer or two and get to talk football. And you, you could do that with American football. You could do it with basketball. You could do it with any of that stuff over here. But football, football, as much as it's grown and it has, it's, it's getting much, much bigger. It's still difficult to walk into a pub and, and kind of sit down and have... A good chat about what's going on in the game. So, that's that that that's a major benefit for me. And and like you said, having all these guys um, in different places, you always know that there's going to be somewhere to meet up. Um, to go see. I was down in DC. I met the DC Irons down there. We jumped into their pub and um, watched the match. Watched the match with them before all the COVID stuff. I think early, earlier in the year. So, um, just somewhere to go in it. I mean, West Ham's family anyway. So, well, isn't
1: it but but doing this you know doing these things and, and talking to more guys like yourselves and i don't know the indian hammers and the scandinavian hammers and it's you don't realize how much of a fan base west ham has outside of of essex really <laughs> it's, it's a everywhere. london to be fair yeah, yeah everywhere.
0: everywhere you always bump into somebody in a west ham shirt always you always well, strike to
1: and you always strike a conversation, and it's not, and it's like, and I've always said we've been social distancing for years because, you know, we, we, we sit, you know, you'll see someone in another shirt, in a West Ham shirt, you go, Orange, Orange. And, oh, your eyes, your eyes, and you do that and you won't shake hands you won't bump fists you won't need to do the elbows you won't do nothing and uh, it's uh, it's a lovely thing I always literally on holiday my wife hates it but literally my whole suitcase is full of West Ham shirts because you, as you said you bump into someone or yeah. even someone who's not a West Ham fan but they might live in I don't know I might, might be in Dubai or whatever or and and because and something, something about West Ham that it is like still there. a lot of people's second team so they come up to yeah. you and start talking oh West Ham am i like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. and you go yeah yeah i yeah, am yeah. anyway where's, where's, the, where's the where's the bar um yeah. but uh, <laughs> but that's what i love about him. so you said so obviously john you mentioned obviously you know we know you've for those of you who don't know obviously john was over came you know he was on the, these fair shores and then moved across um a while ago why why is west ham your team before you went over type thing yeah, so I'm, <laughs>
0: I'm not i'm not from east london as you, you might be able to tell from the accent yeah. anyway but uh, i'm from swindon originally so about an hour west of of london for the yeah. for the americans tuning in um and probably about two hours west of east london really we used to go into hammersmith is my, my dad was a west ham supporter and that's that's why i'm west ham so um we always have family in london we were we were up there constantly um my mum's side of the family uh, even though we're all Irish, they all settled in in Hammersmith. So we would use that as kind of a landing base and then jump on the tube there um, and go across across London to, to East Ham where more of my dad's family side is, is kind of from around there. I know his uncle was Canary Wharf area. Um, and then it was it's just, yeah, I suppose it's just, just blood really. He got, he got me in, I think my first match uh, was West Ham versus Charlton. Must have been like 91. 92. Remember, we were ground sharing with, or well, Charlton was ground sharing with us. Um, so I was about six or seven at the time and that was it. There was no looking back. I just went in and, I mean, you've seen that video of that kid walking into the stadium. His dad shows him, you know, he walks up the steps and then, you know, just starts crying at the whole experience. I mean, I was close to that, just wasn't recorded, you know, like
1: yeah,
0: yeah. we sat in the, uh, we didn't sit, we, we stood in the, old, in the old North Bank and just walking out to that. I'm getting chills just just even saying the words, but it's walking true, out, yeah, crouch, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that feeling and just the electricity in, in the air. Um that, that was it. It was I mean, we lost the game one nil. And it, you know, it, and still it didn't matter. It yeah. didn't matter. That that was it. That was my team, that was that was everything. Because I, I was always I always loved football, was loved playing, talking about it, and then just going to like a proper uh, proper match and taking it all in. That was it. And then we just we just kept doing it. We had, you know, me and my dad, we had traditions and got to Upton Park when we can being based in Swindon, especially when we were down in like Division Two, there were plenty of clubs to within arm's reach. We go to away days. So, you know, we did we've done Villa, Coventry, Southampton, uh, Oxford. I think I saw Dixie get sent off at Oxford for something <laughs> reckless back in the day. Um, yeah, I don't know, just just loved it. Just loved the whole feeling, everything.
1: And obviously, having lost the first game, you sort of set yourself on the right path for being West Ham. That's, really. that's what he
0: told me. He said, listen, everybody in the family, uh, you know, they've all, I think all of their first games, West Ham lost, so you better get used to it. But <laughs> that's, that's quite it's, hard,
1: so, so. it's so true. But what's yeah. interesting is even though, you know, you, you sort of, you went on, as you, you, you were talking about it, you know, you, your eyes lit up because you were talking about the experience and da-da-da. And, and sort of as a footnote, Oh, and we lost one nil. That was that was like it, it was. It wasn't about the game. It yeah, wasn't about no. the result.
0: Didn't it's matter. It's about the
1: experience. It's about the experience, isn't it? And being there with your dad and and stuff like that. It's it's all memories, isn't it? And I think that's and that's what I think people lose at the moment now. Is obviously it's great the fact that we can watch every game. Uh, everyone, everyone, can watch every game on the telly. They can sw- in the UK they can switch on the crowd noise if they want to. Um, but it's that experience. It's that sort it of. Is. Can't don't know what you know. As you said, that tingling. As you said, when you know when you were talking about it, you know, I, I did get chills because you can just takes you straight back. It, it builds.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, especially for me. So we'd have a one-hour car ride up to Hammersmith, right? And mm. and it builds starting from the moment that you leave your front door and lock the door. You get in the car, you see family. The anticipation's building. See yeah. see family that's in Hammersmith. Then you make the walk down to the tube. And for for me, going across London, right? You you'd start seeing. All the parents and all their kids go into football matches of different shirt colours on the tr- on the tube across London. Right, you get your reds for Arsenal; they're going that way. You get blues in Chelsea and West London, QPR stuff like that. And you you could just it would start turning claret and blue, and and it just starts building and building and building. And it was just, it was just such a cool a cool thing to to take in on match day was seeing you know all these families doing the same thing. They've all got their own clubs. They're all going to their church for the day right and and we're going to ours and, uh, and and it just kept building and building and building you build in the time you, you're there a few hours before we used to go and get a program we'd go get pie and mash we'd go to the bowling you know i get s- snuck a couple of shandies uh down at the bowling when i was when i was young and um, you know just just everything you get off the tube walking walking across the stairs and the smells of burgers and fags and and everything, the street food, and just just a whole lot, just the yeah. whole lot. I, I miss it like anything.
1: Yeah, particularly. I mean, from Hammersmith, I can from Hammersmith all the way to, to to Upton Park. That is a long, and it's a district line. Ain't, ain't a quick, ain't a quick tube, is it? Ain't a quick ride. So, um yeah, no, I can get that. But it must be, yeah. You can just. But obviously, the difficulty is then if you've lost, is you've got to go all the way back again as well. It's a track to go. <laughs> yeah more often than not that's that's the case but uh it is and i think that's and I think that's what people miss now is that sort of sensory the sensory stuff around football it's not necessarily seeing it but it's you know now it's good that it's back and it's good that people can go and watch it you know on the tellies and stuff but as soon as the sooner fans can get back in the games the better i think just because you, you, you people not only i think the fans miss it but i think the players miss that sort of that interaction that oh, you know sure. Yeah, although some yeah some players obviously maybe not because you know, they might have certain players on their back, so it might be a but um no we'll we'll, we'll see what it is and uh, you know we've got big cup game on Tuesday magic of the cup we'll see what happens with that uh, it's Hull yeah we'll be all right we'll yeah, yeah. be, right. be all right and then Everton is Everton or Fleetwood next next
0: round so hopefully Fleetwood Everton look yeah. pretty tasty this season don't
1: they yeah that cup run was nice while it lasted
0: wasn't it yeah yeah. I've,
1: <laughs> but I was you know enough, maybe we maybe
0: would prefer Evan who knows
1: yeah well exactly yeah exactly. Well, after after Saturday's game yeah I mean it was uh, yeah gutting yesterday but it is what it is unfortunately we get used to it don't we, we get used to it it's the hope that kills us John it's the hope that kills us we so, unfortunately but I, I was reading that Arsenal have never lost a game in September in the Premier League or something like that since since like early 2000s or something ridiculous like that. God. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I never even knew that um Right, so obviously you know, we found the origin story. Now we want to do the, the 11, so the Hammers 11. So um, the idea being is you pick the players, you can pick anyone you want, but the only rule is you have to be alive to a scene and play. obviously, from new, you know, early 90s onwards, basically, so it's not a bad spread, very similar to my spread, to be honest, John. Um, the only reason is so not everyone picks the same people, because everyone would pick the same. If you said, What's your 11? everyone would probably pick Phil Parks and. Bobby Moore, you know, the stories your dad must have told you about these players and stuff. So that's why we put that little caveat in, and it means we've had over 200 different players have have come up and uh, gives, you know, some of the the Hayden Mullinses of this world a time to shine, which which I think is important. Um, But you can pick whoever you want. Doesn't matter, it doesn't Your favorite It could be the best, it could be the worst. It doesn't really matter, John. It's up to you, man. So, um, I'm not even fussed with what formation you pick now. I'm, I'm just getting soft in my old age, I think. More than anything, um, so let's start with goalie who's in goal for the Nolan 11.
0: So, I, I took your question and um, I tried to. Come up with a criteria similar to nice. what jim kearns has said i, I watched his his yeah. episode oh, yeah. on the show yeah. i think yeah. for me um i wanted to stick to legends and leaders is what i'm calling it Ooh. so um my number one is is ludo and i think that's probably for quite obvious reasons
1: yeah
0: um great player big physical has a song about him there's not too many keepers you get that about no, good um and obviously, it was. I think he was the first goalkeeper from from when I started watching West Ham, anyway. And uh, just a great all round keeper. I mean, some really standout games. So it's ones against Man United. I think uh, everybody remember. But just just provided so many great memories and just a, a quality goalkeeper.
1: And he just. I mean, just, you know your your sort of reference point is very similar to mine. John, he seemed to be goalkeeper for us for forever, always. He just yeah. forever, he was always in goal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's like in my early memories, all I can remember is Ludo being in goal. And then I think then he left, and we was like a little bit sort of scrabbling around, really. I think then because we had a few lonies and stuff like that. After that, we got a bit better with you know Greeno and David James and people like. But it just, yeah, he just seemed to be in goal forever. Ludo did. And, um, yeah, a lovely bloke and uh, a colossus of a man. And when he was on it, he was on it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. he would... he, oh, he, he changed games. Yeah. I mean, he epitomised West Ham because West Ham, you know, he could have some stinkers, you know. You know, my granddad called him Loopy Ludo. And <laughs> that's what he always used to call it. But he'd have those games where he was world class. And it was like, it was always when he played you know, United or, or a top team, he'd always pull one out of the bag and you're thinking... Fuck, where was that? <laughs> where was that against yeah. you know Bol- Bolton last week or something like that? But it's just like West Ham in general, you know. that's like yesterday, that team performance against compared to Newcastle was chalk and cheese, and it's like yeah. you just but you knew it was going to come. Yeah, and that's what I love about being a West Ham fan because, and um, that's what I love about Ludo because he was just that type of player. Um, right, <coughs> So Ludo is in goal, John. Um, you go goal. through the you go through the team as you want to. Sure. I'm, I'm
0: playing three at the back. And nice. again, leg, legends and leaders. So, And, and forgive me, I've, I've got my notes written no, here so I can it. remember who, who I want in the team. <laughs> uh, right back, I'm going with uh, Stevie Potts. And I know that obviously I don't, I don't think he played right back the entire time he was at West Ham. I, th- I think that he was probably a player that was played out of position a lot, but he would make a very good right back. Yeah. Um, Hammer of the year at least twice, I think. Not uh, not seen the former captain. Um, just he was just always there. When he was reliable, dependable. I imagine a very good person to have in the back room. Um, just knows what they're doing, and uh, yeah, just just an ever present. And and again, one of those early memories um, of of when when I was a kid and and watching him play, and just just a great player.
1: Yeah, he was, and 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 you know, and and it's great that obviously he's still he's he's in the under twenty three setup as a coach, and yeah, he was just a nice bloke as well. You know, It's like, it, sometimes it's just they're just nice blokes, as well. and Stevie is a nice bloke. So we're we're trying to get him on. We're trying to get him on the show. He's, I've got people out there. I've got like you know a few spies to try and get him in you know through, yeah. coming from very coming from various angles but i think everyone would love to hear from him so um but yeah stevie's in stevie potts god bless him and as you said yeah probably was you know i think i think stevie potts became a, a better player when he was playing centre-back because tim breaker came in and yeah. he didn't have to play right back but he could and he'd have a bloody good go wouldn't he'd have a bloody good go, he? he'd have a bloody good go at, at right back but he was more of a centre-back and he shouldn't have been a good centre-back he was only like five foot eight or something like oh, that yeah but um, just read the game so well. Um, Right, Stevie P
0: is in. Who is next, John? Uh, In the middle, I'll have Rio. And I think, again, that's another one that probably goes without saying. I mean, just a spectacular talent um, brings the memories back from that time where it just seemed like we were churning out talent. Mm. um, Not even year after year. It was month after month at that point. Uh, The excitement, I remember... Um, my dad, West Ham must have had a friendly at, in Swindon, and I think he he must have gone to that. And he just raved about this kid, and said, you know, he's he's the future. And Rio was probably about fifteen or sixteen at the time, wow. and that was it. You know, just kept an eye out on him from from there ever since. And I mean, didn't 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 he? I mean, he he was the future. He, he got to be the best centre back in the world, really shocking that we let him go, but that's West Ham as well, unfortunately. But but just to have him in the first place, I think we, we have to be very thankful. I mean, a, a player that could put in those kind of performances that was so comfortable on the ball and played the West Ham way. I mean, he epitomized some of that, passing out from the back, bringing the ball out. Um, and, you know, he had, he had a couple of stinkers as well. When he was off, he was off. But um, for, for the age of him and the ability that he had, and very few can match him He was yeah. fantastic yeah he was he, he was just phenomenal wasn't
1: he and he was one of those players unfortunately as you said you know it was that era where they sort of turned up and you're thinking oh he's a great player how many games is he going to play for us three so, uh, you yeah. know just, yeah. just knew it unfortunately but that was um as you said that was that was awesome obviously when we interviewed um when we interviewed h he said that you know he, he's adamant that if we'd kept them lot, we'd have won the won the league and i, I don't blame him i totally agree with him i think you know it's just unfortunately it's probably that's you know you see it's not a sliding doors moment but sort of you know selling rio then sort of made us into a selling club really didn't it and it was like you know he's churning these guys out and we knew they weren't going to stay more than a few seasons before they they, they went away and um it was a shame, but as you said, you know, we, we had some great... And I think with Rio, you know, he, he speaks so well of the club, obviously, yeah. Rio, then you've got Anton and people like that. And it just... He's, um, yeah, top, top bloke. Big fan of Rio. All right, Mr Ferdinand is in. Who is next, Miss Nolan?
0: On the left side, so be no surprise to anybody around my age, Dixie. Yeah. Um, I mean, well... Well, what do you what do you have to say about Dix? I mean, he, he epitomised everything that was West Ham. He was hardworking, very underrated uh, for for a left back, had a thunder of a left foot, amazing penalty taker, amazing free ball kicker. I mean, he, he had everything, yeah. and all the same, while he was an absolute nutcase, I and mean, you never knew what you were going to get, but that was exciting. It was. You know, these days, could you imagine somebody being sent off for West Ham and getting a round of applause? I mean, we used to clap Julian Dix for getting sent off because he was such a nutcase. And that was – it was just all part of, of what made watching West Ham special. It was, You never knew what you were going to get. It was always going to be an exciting time, and he was one of those reasons. I mean, it, just a fantastic player. Um, he was. I don't know. I just I, I absolutely loved him. I loved him. I I still wear the number three for my own six aside really? these days because of Dixie. Yeah, loved him. Oh, I
1: love it. Yeah, no, it's true. And and you're right. He's just like. But I think he's one of his players who's outside of West Ham. I don't think you know, I don't think people would appreciate him in sort of like the wider football community. You know, we knew. Yeah, I thought his reputation went before him outside of West Ham, but we knew he had this wonderful left foot and was the absolutely exceptional, exceptionally gifted. Football player, but he did have that side of him, didn't he? And I think you know, as you said, he's like you yeah. know, he's from from left back or you know, or left of free as you're playing. Um, he he could just like whip a crowd up, and, uh, and you know, left back. Yeah, you know, I, I I I haven't got the same feeling with Aaron Cresswell. I don't think Aaron Cresswell, bless him, could could put in a crunching tackle and get sixty thousand people up on their feet, <laughs> but julian could couldn't he and it might have been a 35 year old ping you know he always just do his penalties or a crunching tackle or and he just got he just got west ham and you know and yeah. he wasn't he didn't look like you know these sort of uber he didn't like like cristiano Ronaldo, or, or you know, he wasn't like a you know he wasn't a chiseled body he he looked like a guy that you could go for a pint with and i think also that's why i think people liked him because they, he was quite relatable um yeah.
0: You saw some of yourself in him for yeah, sure. and totally. And he had – he was Jekyll and Hyde as well because for every crunch and tackle, there was that little bit of class to flip the ball mm-hmm. around the corner or lay somebody on or, like you said, ping a ball 35 yards. He had both sides of his game. And, you know, that was also in kind of the – well, maybe the end of the hard men era as well where you had the, you know, Keens and Vinnie Joneses of the world – And he made them all crap themselves i mean he was the hardest of all of them i don't steve ball i don't think he was he he wasn't uh coming up to dixie like that either so you know we we just he was our enforcer he was our captain and he was a magician at the same time he had a bit of everything he was just great to watch yeah he
1: was all right julian's in who's next who's next
0: then john let me go to the notes so i've got three at the back so I'll, i'll move into the midfield um defensive midfielder number one Controversial, perhaps, um, Michael Carrick. And I think Michael Carrick is probably one of the most underrated players, not just for West Ham, but in his entire Definitely. career. Um, he made things look too simple. <laughs> and that's probably why he's underrated. He did yeah. all the simple things and kept the ball churning over, um, organised his team didn't make anything look flash. Scholes is probably a similar type as well for, mm. for doing mm. stuff like that. Um, but Michael Carrick is, I think, one of the best footballers that we've ever produced. Oh, um, one of the best footballers England's ever produced and and criminally underrated. Um, just, a, just a great player. Again, everything in his locker, short passes, long passes, uh, leadership skills. Um, and unfortunately I think man United probably saw more of that than we did. Although I think he played, he probably played around 150 or more games for us. That's so we got, yeah. we got a good amount out of him. Um, if I'm right, I think he stuck with us after that relegation that we had. Um, yeah. and just, just proud again of some of the, some of the players we produced in that era. And he was, he's the, the top of the top, I think. Um, of, of that flock of players that we produce, so
1: yeah, Character. yeah, and you're right. He, he gets sort of left out in the wash, I think, when you talk about that sort of golden generation because it is Rio, it is Joe, it is Frank, and then Michael. You know, he's always he's always fourth when people talk about it. it seems, and I think it's is you're right. I think because he 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 made the game seem simple, and you know, every team he's gone to, every team he's then left, they haven't been able to replace him. You know, West Ham, we never really replaced him. Spurs never really replaced him. Man United never really replaced him. And um, it's criminal he didn't get as many England caps as he should have. Um... But I just think you know he was he was just a classy player, um, you know old school classy, very sort of Martin yeah. Peters Trevor Brooking type class about him, and um, that might have been why. Maybe he was maybe he looked more because he was slightly wasn't you know, maybe slightly more old fashioned in terms of how he played. Maybe, but he always seemed to have time in the ball, never seemed to be hurried off the ball. You know, he's, he wasn't particularly quick, but. He just knew what he was doing, like you know, almost like a chess player, two two steps ahead. And um, no, Grassie
0: either he was either old school or he was twenty years ahead of his time. I can see him slotting into that Declan Rice role today seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, even when he was starting his career, that's 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 what teams are on the lookout for—is that type of player now. Definitely, so. definitely.
1: You know, you're totally right. Right. Okay. Carrick is in. Who is next, John? Sorry,
0: the dogs are going. I don't know if you can hear him. Um, I'll pair him in the middle with uh, Scotty Parker. Yeah. And um, another leader. I mean, Avram Grant season, Scott Parker was probably the wow. only one actually yeah. giving speeches that made any sense or or cheat <laughs> up the boys at all. Um, just a great player. I will always have his 360-degree turn emblazoned in my yeah. memory. <laughs> and... Uh, some of the goals from outside the box that he scored um, I think we, we forget pretty quickly how good he was at striking the ball didn't get a whole of a lot of goals but the goals that he did get I think were all stunners and um, were all probably at times where we needed a lift so I, I can't think of too many players that came out of that season in particular um, that could hold their heads up particularly high but he's one of them I mean fantastic yeah. player
1: And he was and and the ironic thing was about Scott Parker, he was always mentioned in dispatches as Captain Scott Parker, but it was Matthew Upson was the captain, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and so, you know, he just went AWOL and um, no, he was brilliant when he and it it really, I get really, I get really annoyed when people don't put Scott Parker in like, not the legends, but, but in that sort of high echelon of West Ham player because of what happened afterwards, you know, and the fact that he went to Tottenham and stuff. And it's like, fuck's sake, guys. You know, he, he literally, I, I, I remember seeing him, you know, after the games and he was almost, he could barely walk sometimes. He was, he could, he had to crawl off the pitch sometimes. He'd put so much effort in. He, you know, to be honest, he, he was in a shit team and he'd kept us up on his own really for two years, to be honest. Um, obviously the third year wasn't, he was one hammer of the year, three years in a row there's not many people who have done that. You know, yeah. it's like, there's only a couple of people who, who are sort of well famous within, within West Ham fraternity. But, um, and the fact that he went to Tottenham just to better his career and his dad wanted, his dad had just passed or whatever. And his dad was a Tottenham fan. It's like, well, you can't vilify the man for doing no, that. No, you it's, can't. You know I mean,
0: and, and he had just got in the England team as well. And, yeah. and, you know, want to keep that position. So he gave us enough. I, I'll say that much. I mean, he, yeah. he definitely gave West Ham enough and, oh, God, you God. know, his commitment, like you said, I think was second to none. So no, no hard feelings from me.
1: No, I didn't mean either. Um, particularly, you know, it, it, because it, it also, you know, you look at people that we revere at West Ham, and we revere, you know, the Martin Peters and the Bobby Moores of this world. Martin Peters left for Tottenham, yep. and and Bobby Moore was oh. was was gonna yeah, but he was gonna go to he was gonna go, to, was gonna, to, yeah. go to Tottenham yeah. or Arsenal. So you know, and he's got he's got a fucking stand named after him. You know what I mean? So it's like you you can't pick and choose based on anyway i'll get off the soapbox um <laughs> when scott parker comes as back as our manager that'd be interesting manager. uh right okay scott parker who's next who's next John?
0: uh right wing Trevor sinclair
1: oh tricky um, um, friend of
0: the show friend of the show <laughs> <laughs> just uh just a great player i think a lot of people especially not west ham fans will probably remember sinclair for that worldly wow. overhead kick he had for QPR. Yeah. Um, but I remember him that ball over to De Canio for yeah. the goal. I mean, on a sixpence. And 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 he had that. He, again, another player that just has had so much in his locker, was tricky, great down the wing, great pace, great partnership with uh De Canio. Um, broke into the England team at just the right time. I think we we were all we were so happy to have a West Ham player um that was france 98 wasn't it going off to, 2000, going off to 2000, 2002 was uh, it, in, two? in, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just just so overjoyed for him that, that he did that because we saw what he could do week in week out and it, he seemed to be you know it, it didn't seem like the england management saw what we saw but we saw so much of that he, he was just such a consistent performer um great player like i said skills god. Good amount of goals as well. Chipped in with a lot, and um yeah, just 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 a good player. I don't know if we've ever had a winger like him since who, who could cross it and score and do all of those things.
1: Not, not really, really. was
0: close, but yeah. not the same caliber. I don't think.
1: But then I think also, i, I if anything, I, I'd probably probably put Trev more in line with with Antonio, particularly now at the moment, mm. um, in that you know i think he played i think trev played left wing for us he played right wing for us played right right wing back he played up front as well and every game you knew he'd put it in he he wouldn't you would not criticize his effort and i think i see yes. par- parallels to antonio in that it doesn't matter what position you know when Slad put him right right back he would play you know he was actually playing bloody cole jenkinson at the team who was a right back <laughs> you know and it's just like but and i think with that with, with trevor as well and you know he's you know he's there he was there for five years you know obviously we, we've interviewed him very very recently he's an absolute top top bloke um and yeah, I just think he's great. I just thought, you know, he was... And I always, always I told him stories, you know, I always tell everyone when they pick Trev. You know, my grandad, bless him, God rest his, you know, God rest his soul. He, um, his eyesight was going when we went and any anything that was done by a, a player at West Ham who was black was Trevor Sinclair. It could have been, Shaka might have done a save. And he'll go up. Oh, there we go, Sinclair. Any bloody player they've got, and it was so true. He, and it was, but I just I thought it was great. And you know, by all his by all his accounts, West Ham was the was the time. He, he probably enjoyed his football the most. Um, that's, that's what he said. That was his own words. Um, and yeah, I mean, we you know under sort of that period, West Ham was the most successful in the Premier League era. Really, we finished fifth. We won the Interetta Cup. Yeah. Um, you know we. I think we had, I think we had like, you know, like we were seventh as well. And eight, and obviously the canio and it was just brilliant. And, and, and Trevor was a massive part of that. And, um, and, and yeah, love him. And because you picked him, we'll get a retweet. <laughs> hey <There you laughs> We'll get a like and a retweet from Trev. So that's all good. That's all good for the stats. Right. Okay. Who's next then, John?
0: I'll swing over to the other side with uh, left wing. Um, that's, that's Demi. It's going to be Payette. Yeah. Um, I know, a lot of West Ham fans just can't stand him because of the way he left and the circumstances. But he's the only player I've ever experienced at West Ham
1: yeah.
0: in my lifetime that could walk into any other team on the planet. Totally. And I don't know if I'll ever see that again. And wow. just for that alone, I mean, he was he was just incredible. In- incredible. I've never seen anything like it. The Canio is probably the closest thing, and I, mm. and I love Paolo. But Dimitri Payet, when you talk world class, I mean he's he's a top three player in the world when he was at West Ham. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife, we actually we honeymooned in, in Paris when the when the Euros were going, and even just watching what joy he brought to the French people during that tournament,
1: sure. and
0: and to be able to look at it and go, he's ours. I mean, even that brought me tremendous pride, even though I wasn't speaking to anybody about it. I was just on the inside. I'm like, he's one of us. He's ours. And it it was just surreal to have somebody that good. I mean, I don't even need to mention the goals. I mean, incredible. Free kicks, goal to dribbling from the halfway line against Middlesbrough, um, even when, you know, apparently there was other stuff going on behind the scenes or whatever, you know, half a foot out the door. I don't think his commitment was ever questioned. But just an incredible, incredible talent. I've never seen anything like it. I hope we get to see something like that again.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Yeah, you're right, though. He was like, he was the man, and he was, you know, all my mates who are not West Ham fans wanted him in their team. And I don't remember that ever happening in my life. Maybe once, so maybe someone wants, you know, know, Fabianski or something, but not, not like everyone wanted and i remember really clearly and it was funny someone reminded me the other day actually we was in it was it was those euros actually and i was in um and i was in atlanta and we we'd got up at silly o'clock because we had a meeting in town and we had a meeting and so we went to found a little irish pub and uh, and i had and i must have a west ham pin badge or something like that it was a france game and and some guy went up came up to me and went hey well done and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, pipe, yeah, <laughs> that was all me. It's all me. I was all I was instrumental in that in that transfer from Marseille. But it was just true. And you know, you had this sense of pride because you know, not only was this guy performing in the Premier League, but he was performing at the international stage. And that never happens at West Ham. Like, you know, someone performs to that ability and was the man. And um, yeah, I would love to. Uh, You'd love it to happen again, but I don't think in my lifetime. You never, yeah. you never know." Yeah, no, well, I, can,
0: I can only imagine that's got to be—it's got to be how that generation that had Bobby and yeah. Martin Peters and them it could be something similar, or even Trevor Brookin, You know, just the class of, of the player yeah. that that calibre. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I hope it comes back because even though it was it was a short two years, and, and you couldn't write a better story no. for the last season at the bowling either to have him and and the way. All of that happened. We were in every game. It didn't matter if we were losing. We were in every game because we had yeah. Dimitri Payet. So there was true. always a way out. There was always a way to win or at least scrape back. Um, just uh, it, it almost got boring winning games that season, Russ. <laughs> it was almost like he was so shell-shocked as a West Ham supporter, walking in with confidence to a game. I didn't know what that was. Um, <laughs> so and, and he did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole, that whole season, wasn't it? It's like anyone who turned up you fancied you got going to give him a game. And uh, he said, because he was on there. And, you know, when we had, like, a free kick anywhere 30, 30 yards away from goal, you think, here we go, it's going in.
0: Yep. Like, what?
1: <laughs> really? Yes, because he can. he can. He can do things that I don't think were scientifically possible with a ball. <laughs> um <laughs> Because obviously Ronaldo had that knuckleball, didn't he, where he used to hit the ball and it used to just do this weird thing and bemuse Davy James, I remember, fam- famously once. Um, but, uh, and Dimi did it with sort of the like, like Crystal Palace game. That one against
0: Palace. I, yeah. I didn't even believe it went in. I mm-hmm. watched it on TV and they, you know, it, it it went up on the screen and said goal. I was like, that, that was a goal? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the physics didn't seem correct when you looked at it. It's like that, that, that was impossible what just happened. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely ridiculous mental. yeah no big big fan of dimmy yeah technically the best player i've ever seen in a claret and blue shirt that's for sure um not the best player but technically the best player um for in my opinion right dimmy's in who's next then jump
0: uh center attack in mid and i'm gonna go with bish on that one oh Oh, um, you see you're racking in the retweets because bish is gonna give it a retweet now you know friday night likes too. We, yes. we had him on the show and he's what a, what so a great bloke. so down to worth yeah. Um, but what a player Ian yeah. Bishop was. I mean, he can bring the ball into feet, his distribution was incredible, his vision. He was always seemed one or two steps ahead of everybody else around him. chipped in with a lot of goals, but just yeah, I would say he's he was like the he was the mold of what a West Ham attacking midfielder should be in the 90s and so, I'll say it was probably a tough call. You had Bish, Ben Ayun was around. Um, oh, God, who's who's the other Israeli that we had? I'm, I'm slipping on the name. Um, Berkovich. So the three of them were very similar players, and we always seemed to be able to – they didn't play at the same time, but but when Bish retired, we would slot in with another one, and then we slotted in behind that. Um, I think it was Berkovich and, and then uh, – a year after, right? I think that was the order. But but that was we needed that type of player at West Ham.
1: Yeah. That
0: was what West Ham was. That's what our midfield looked like. And I think when that pipeline dried up, we became a very different team. Yes.
1: Um.
0: I don't think we we had players that were of that ilk for for no. a long time after. And it and it really, I think it, it changed us in a lot of ways. I, I think just who we were our identity the way Mm. we played football the way that we attacked the west ham way i think that may have been some of the end of of that type of passing football intelligent Mm. player legacy um that we need to get back to so i see bish as the the prototype for for what that is in the 90s for west ham and it was just a great player to watch yeah he was
1: and and as you said like you value on the show just like a top bloke just like the most down to earth person you're ever likely to talk to yeah. who's, who's, who who was a professional football player and uh and he just yeah him and uh, you know we, we interviewed um uh, Johnny Monks and um you know he was saying it, he, him and Bish obviously they were in sort of the center partnerships together and he said you know there was a period two or three years where we didn't care who we were playing, we were gonna have we were gonna have a go against them. It could have been Vieira and Petit, it could have been Roy Keane, it could have been anyone and we'd have a go. And it might be me take giving them a clump, it might have been Bish giving them a clump. And oh. we would have played with, and you get, you got that and you could so see that just the confidence that they had um and not, not arrogance but it was your confidence they were confident in their abilities and yeah and and obviously all the stories and that whole that, that that was the last sort of decent i think that you know that generation there were so many characters at west ham and <laughs> in the playing staff not just them but you know mad dog and yeah. you know it's just such like fun time to be a west ham fan because you know it's entertaining wasn't it you you know people have often said you know sometimes you know west ham has been a bit of a Bit of a chore to go and see, um, and not that time, not that time, because as you said, you had Julian, you didn't know what if Julian was going to get sent off that week or monks how long was was he before he got a yellow card or you know yeah, and exactly. it's just and yeah. and you know it's just it was entertainment more than anything and it was a great period to be a west ham fan that, that was for sure
0: it was um, my my dad always used to say uh never never a dull game down at upton park and i think a lot of people used to say that and it was so true because something would always happen either goals or sendings off or just there was always going to be an entertaining game and i think that's that's part of our dna when you know we don't really care as much about winning as much as we do about putting on a good show and, mm. and just having that entertainment. That that certainly was true back then. I think things may have changed a bit now and stakes are a bit higher these days, but, uh, but that, that was certainly true back, back then. Yeah, definitely.
1: Right. Bish Bosh is in. Who is, who's next?
0: Who's next is going into the strikers. So, um, Paolo, Paolo's got to be. Yeah. He's got to be just, like I said, uh, most talented, uh Bar Dimitri Payet probably, probably the most talented player I've seen at West Ham. Mm. Somebody who gets you on your feet. Controversial, which we love at West Ham. Everything from uh the the way he signed, <laughs> you know, pushing the ref down at Sheffield Wednesday, Harry doing a wheel deal to get him over. He had to serve a bit of a ban before he could start playing, down to um is he gonna show up at away games that week, or at least that rumor that he never did. There was always something going on. Um, And you hear Harry's stories about him as well that that he's had in the press and just the kind of character he was. Um, Complete nutcase, but also down the training pitch for two hours after everybody's already finished. Perfectionist. A great player. An absolute great player. And probably also criminally underrated in his home country as well. I mean, that was back when Italy wouldn't really select anybody that didn't play in italy to play for him and and he certainly had the performances i think at west ham um to to earn a regular spot in their national team he was he was just an incredible incredible talent and uh yeah man is a box of frogs but loved him loved him childhood idol
1: yeah no yeah totally and i mean you're right he was one of those players who you know you'd pay your season ticket just to see him just because he just brought so much. You know, when people talk about Paolo, you have to smile because you just think of, of, of all the entertainment he brought. You know, you could talk about 50 games, 50 different incidents about Paolo. And, you know, there's 50 different stories. And everyone who's picked Paolo has a story or when they've met him or... You know, it's 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 just he's he's like he's, he's like his led this myth, isn't he? Like he's he's just like an enigma. He's just like you know, <laughs> he's just Paolo. And you know, he's even the fact <laughs> exactly. I mean, even even just like the fact that he did like the Imperial Lever adverts and and stuff like that. And it's like you know, that's just so Paolo. And you know, stories we've had people on the channel who who you know and, you know have gone to Chadwell Heath to interview him, and they're in the car for like forty minutes waiting for him to come out and. There's Michael. Michael Clifford tells a story, and uh, he was writing for Scandinavian Hammers at the time, and he's interviewing Paolo, and he's, in, he's, at, the, he's at the training ground, and all he can hear is I think the team, actual team were playing away. He wasn't picked. It was a cup game or something like. That. All he could hear is just the Paolo Di Canio song, yeah. just like being whistled, and for like thirty minutes, forty minutes, and then out comes Paolo with like a towel it was it was paolo all the singing his own fucking like singing his own fucking song you know we've had like coming out the shower with like his bronze body with like a towel wrapped around just about to jump in the car and oh so i forgot about the interview Uh, you know but oh he's just all right love a lovely bloke and obviously you know a
0: great song as well the the decanio song especially when you're singing off to liverpool and we can sing we've got the canio you've got our stereos i think was (laughs) one of the better renditions of that
1: and yeah, no, I, remember, I remember I went to Liverpool one day, one game, and we had. It's funny how things just pop in your head when you talk about, you know. And and it was we were playing. I think we drew two all. I think Gavin Hooligan. Do you remember Gavin Hooligan? I think he oh. scored. I think he scored for us. And um, the guy next to me was well pissed up, and and he was singing those type of songs. And we he was singing, you know, uh, we got Trevor Sinclair. You're stuck on the welfare. We've got Joe Cole. You was stuck on the dole and he went, we've got Frank Lampard. You just saw his brain. You could hear the little mouse. <laughs> eek, 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 eek. And I've just got a new Ferrari. <laughs> that was it. It was like, and <laughs> like, you've just completely dried up. You've completely, bless you. You've completely dried up. But um, no, yeah, De Canio, like he was, yeah. I mean, he was my favorite player of all time. I think, that, you know, Payet was technically the best player. But I think to be a proper West Ham player, you need that skill, but you need that nuttiness and you need that passion. And I don't think Pyatt had it or didn't show it where Di did. You know, when he was like, that song would be like, that song was like, you know, like, um, I don't know, it's a computer game where like people's health is really really like going down and they mm-hmm. find like a health pack or yeah you know, that's that was the song it was like you know you could see his chest puffing out and that was it then he was ready <laughs> to play and uh, i just loved him absolutely loved him box office player um right okay so Paolo's in so you've got one more spot john who's gonna be
0: Last one. Um, fortune's always hiding, right? That's that's West Ham in so many ways, on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, and so that's that's Dean Ashton for me as yeah, the last yeah. one. And that is probably the most complete striker uh, wow. we've ever had. There, there was everything. Yeah, had everything in his game. He had passing. He had strength. He had enough pace. He had vision. He could knock him in from 30 yards. He could knock him in from six yards. He had absolutely everything, and I was so didn't get to fulfil his entire potential, I think, not only for West Ham, but for England. Definitely. Um, what a player he, he could have been. And if that injury hadn't happened, I mean, realistically, we would have had a very hard time keeping him away yeah, from the United for yeah. the world. But um, while we did have him... You know, you, you just again he's another one of those players where you just have that feeling if he's around you got a chance. Mm. Because he, he could he could always he could always get something. He was always in the right place So he was always laying off the ball in, in the right areas. Um just uh, again, another really phenomenal talent that wish we'd seen more of, unfortunately. Oh, but yeah. but when he was on, he was on. So
1: Oh definitely, yeah. And and you're right, he was like he's probably the most complete forward I've ever seen at West Ham for you're probably likely to see to be honest because he could do it all wasn't he? he was tall enough to hold it up he was tall enough to get you know beat defenders the headers he had a little bit of turn of pace to beat them he skill he had a shot he had a touch he was yeah it was a, it was a shame you know as you said you know for England particularly you know as well it was he was the partner that could have partnered with wayne rooney for for many many years and probably yeah. at man united as well to be probably yeah. um as, <laughs> yeah, as is the west ham way but um yeah it's um you know he's brilliant it was such a nice such a shame wasn't it and it's funny because i still if i if i see anything with sean wright phillips on or or anything i still just like this irrational hatred of sean wright phillips you know it's not paul ince it's not jermaine defoe it's not lampard it's it's sean wright phillips it's swp he's the one i hate the most and i would yeah it's just like it's, it's so silly isn't it it's like it's such a west Ham thing as well like the the smallest player to play for england or something like that has has, has hobbled our star striker and yeah. uh cut short his career Bless him. but uh no. sods Law. yeah sod's as is the west Ham way um John, man, it's been it's been been wicked. It's been lovely chatting to you, bud. It's Thank been you. It's really, been,
0: really fun. Been great on here, Yeah, let me let me chuck in. I just want to chuck in a manager as well. So go I'll, on, stick, then. I'll stick H on there, Russ. Because oh, I got to. two reasons. One, growing up, his his na- uh, my neighbor was his best mate from school, and mm-hmm. they used to go down Cheltenham Races together. So I have a Cheltenham Races program signed by Harry, which is lovely. And two, um, just my fondest memories. I think of of being a West Ham supporter. There was so much. Uh, excitement and and belief around that team, and it was. I, I hope we can we can have something similar soon because kids that were that that are what uh, I can't even put it into words. Kids that are in that age range now of what I was when Harry was around. Yeah, um, yeah. If they all had a bit of that in their lives around West Ham, we'd certainly have no problems retaining any supporters or you know branching out and getting more in our catchment areas i think he he gave us so much um and that team gave us so much and so many fond memories that uh they'll they'll last a lifetime so um yeah h is my manager (laughs) but been great honestly this has been a lot of fun
1: good fun like yeah what? 50 58 minutes almost has flown by isn't it? that really that really well blinking that's what i love about this show you go oh, I've only twenty minutes. 58 minutes fucking um but no it's been brilliant john thank you so much and it's always a pleasure to talk to um talk to yeah, the the american hammers guys because it's it's just lovely it's just nice talking to people outside of essex and london based this morning we um, you on
0: friday night like sometimes so i know yes. you're a night out we'll, we'll get you on there and uh definitely it's, definitely it's a, yes fun
1: show, so if of anybody course. hasn't
0: seen it make sure to jump over to to our network and uh, and give it a go good show
1: definitely and obviously subscribe to the hammers the american hammers network you know lee and tim and everyone over there great great stuff and obviously john's john's friday night likes and stuff and um it's all good stuff, and it's I, you know, I, I love it because it, it always makes me laugh that there's a lot there's a lot of English blokes and, and, and girls who, who do most of the American stuff, which always makes yeah. me laugh. But it is what it is. But God bless Charlie and Tom and Becky and stuff like that. But we get so, the night hours, that's what it is. You do, you get the yeah. But it's all the young uns in it because it's all like the youngsters who, you know, you can't sleep or you know, it's like, you know, me who's almost 40 um not quite yet 39 39 next friday wants to buy a card um uh, but yeah it's uh yeah sometimes it's 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 because once once, once the daughter's gone to bed like the weekends it's like friday night's a good one for me and then on i'm done because i'm getting ready for monday morning then that's the trouble in the school run but uh it is what it is anyway uh, 59 minutes now but anyway until <laughs> anyway John, thanks very much for your time and obviously thank you to everyone for watching uh if you've been watching on youtube or if you're listening to the podcast on spotify um apple podcasty thing i think we're on i think we're on amazon as well so yeah try it try alexa and see if alexa will put on my amazon 11 i'm pretty sure she will now but um uh, hope everyone is well take care stay safe everybody and for me and john come and your wines and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone see you later bye bye
0: sports social podcast network